Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. Ah, welcome uh, into the bleachers. Yeah. Hey, speaking of vets, the the Major League Baseball went to the vet and figured this thing out. They uh, they they found that rash, they scratched it, they annoyed the hell out of it, and they found the ointment for it. Tuttle, we're yeah. back. We we're are back. back. Yeah. Oh that'll, man, that'll get our hopefully that'll get our listeners excited too. We'll have something to talk about. They're tired of hearing us talk about the Super Bowl <laughs> and like the the Houston Rodeo or whatever else we were talking about. Oh. So. Yeah, that, that, those awesome. are things that our fans know plenty about. Now we get to get into the game of baseball where we get to have a little more enjoyment and and really expand our expertise and allow that to flow a little bit more freely. Obviously, the smiles are, are ablazing across our face right now because, yes, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association have come to an agreement. It is ratified. Things are moving extremely quickly. The lockout is over. I believe it lasted 99 days. So we are now in the in the realm of spring training is starting. There's a lot of good things happening. So stay tuned to Bleacher Blums. We will talk about that a little bit. If you want to see those smiles, you can go catch us on YouTube. We have a, a channel for Bleacher Blums called Short Hops, where we just give some short clips of the podcast. Probably the best parts. Our, our producer, Mark Ramos, doing a great job at that. You can get uh, at Real David Tuttle on Twitter and on Instagram. Myself at Blummer27 on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm going to take full credit for this lockout being fixed because I have a particular sweater in my arsenal of clothing that resembles greatly the dude, from, you know, the big Lebowski, Jeff Lebowski from uh, the big mm-hmm. Lebowski movie. And I put out a quick reel after uh, 98 days, how Rob Manfred announced he removed games. And I just kind of showed my, my angst at that. And guess what happened the next day? We're legal. We're they back. They got a deal. They We're did. How, how are you feeling when you first heard the news, Tuttle? Well, it's funny. I was working yesterday and I got a text and you said something like it's going to happen or it went down or I can't remember what it was now. I should really read it. But, uh, and I was like, oh yeah. But the right away I knew exactly what you were talking about. I was like, you said deals done or something like that. I'm like, yes. And, um, and I said game on game on. Thank you. The reaction is the reaction is what it should be. I mean, this is what we talk about on this podcast. This is what's near and dear to our hearts. Um, I'm a little, I mean, the 99 days to 100 days, I, I heard somebody, a pundit saying like, oh, if it went to 100 days, we're in big trouble. I'm like, you know, I just, I don't buy any of the kind of the rhetoric around like Manfred was saying, well, we were stuck on this deal and we had to do this. And, you know, we knew when it got resolved that everybody was going to give the bro hug and like, you know, the handshake <laughs> and like, there were really no hard feelings. You know, we were just getting in there and, you know, come on, all's fair in love and war. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the game is back and I think... What I always enjoy is because the media gets the countdowns right is now five years, right? We do not have to talk about this again for five years. So we know our podcast is on for five years. We know that you'll, there's no guarantee you have a job every year, but we now know that you're working and traveling this year like a normal human being. And, uh, 
you know, I'm excited about it. You can tell I'm giddy and I'm sure you're giddy too. Absolutely. I'm giddy as can be because for so long I had bags packed. I had uh, ideas of what the schedule could be. And then we start to hear about the negotiations cutting into spring training. Manfred puts up a deadline. The players put up a deadline. They start to take games off the, the regular season schedule. I start to look at my schedule and I say, oh my gosh. I, and that's the other thing is I've got so much this is selfish i've got so much going <laughs> on and i <laughs> and I, <laughs> it should be selfish i'm a little selfish too but anyway but, I, I think i know what's coming yeah but i i try and work as as many games as i can and i try and work as many regular season games as i can but this year and next year are going to be a little bit different for me because you know you, both you and i have teenage kids and we talk about our families quite a bit on this podcast i've got a senior this year May 24th, she's graduating. You know, my oldest is graduating. I want to be able to be there for that. I don't want to have to alter my schedule and worry about what days are going to be taken off or how the schedule is going to be, re, you know, recalibrated to suit their needs. So, you know, not right. only is this cutting into the vendors and all of the, the volunteers and the ushers and everybody that works at these ball games, I'm like, man, am I going to be able to see my daughter's graduation? Am I going to be able to move her to Arkansas? So I think there's still some things that need to be ironed out in the game of baseball as far as the scheduling is concerned. Um, I've actually got a couple of emails, and I hope that, oh, man, I hope these things well, let, have actually been Let announced. me chime in while you look at it. I was just going to say, you know, you add COVID, and we've talked about that plenty on this podcast, yeah. but you, you used to come out, this is when we first started the podcast, and I would meet you in the hotel room, and we would do some sort of... <laughs> you know, attempt at a podcast without magic producer Mark. And, you know, it didn't always go well, but it was a good chance to see you maybe get around to golf. Obviously, mm -hmm. you lived here for a while, all that. And then COVID cut into that. Then last year, you know, the radio crew was traveling and, you know, Robert Ford's all right, but, you know, I don't know him nearly as well as <laughs> as you. And, uh, you know, no, all joking aside, I mean, you, you now have a regular schedule. And like you said, if you can take a couple days for graduation, all that, but I, I mean... You know, it may cut into the podcast hours. We may, you know, instead of waiting for Tuttle to get on this thing, we're going to have to wait for you to get up yeah. in the morning after a long night of extra innings. But uh, anyway, it's super exciting just to see some normalcy. Um, you know, we've been kind of hinting at what the new normal would look like in the world. <laughs> and uh, I think just having the deal done and the fact that you're going to be traveling this year makes uh, makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah, the miraculous uh, pandemic is over and the miraculous season is about to start. I'm looking at a couple of dates that I have seen and the, they're projecting that obviously with this uh, deal being ratified on March 10th, they said they have three days to get camp going. So guys are immediately hopping on planes. If they're not already around their spring training facilities, they are headed down there. Uh, you know, anybody who follows Alex Bregman, who's all over social media, you know that he's been working out with about 25, 30 other ball players. So these guys are now getting the okay to go to their camps. So March 11th, as we record this podcast, you're going to see guys voluntarily uh, report. The 12th will be the first date that weekend waivers will be processed. So through the end of the season. So there's a lot of movement as far as contracts are concerned. And then March 13th, that Monday, when this podcast, when you are listening to this podcast, spring training will have been started because it's a mandatory report date. And I'm hearing tentatively, I'm, I haven't uh, seen the official schedule yet. And I don't think anybody has, but the, there is word that March 18th will be the first spring training games, and they will play those games through April 5th 
and then start the season, like Rob Manfred said, on April 7th, which will be fantastic. So a lot of fun things to look forward to, but there's there's a lot of wheels in motion. And I think the most interesting thing, and we're kind of curious about, I actually saw some of this on Twitter. I don't know if you did, Tuttle. The free agent frenzy's a little tam- tempered right now. And I read a tweet, and I can't remember the guy's name, right. but the tweet said, I don't think anybody wants to be that first free agent signing right now because it would give away the fact that they were actually talking during this process. <laughs> Yeah, the, it's almost like all these deals are in the queue, and we're waiting to like release the first deal. It's yeah, really funny because going, can we do it now? Is, can we do it now? I mean, we did this. We taught. We took him to Chili's a couple times. Like, I think we're ready to go. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the the big free agents. Obviously, uh, Chris Bryant was out there. Trevor Story, Castellanos. Yeah, and the one I heard about Castellanos that was really cool is that um, obviously with the National League adopting the DH full-time, they were talking about how that opens up the market. And like yes. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, because you know Castellanos is not um, a terrible fielder, but, man, he could go to a National League team and still, even the Giants, you know, maybe that's where I heard it, right? Yeah. The Giants. Like, he could go to the Giants as a veteran hitter. I don't know if that would be his ideal ballpark coming from Cincinnati, but uh, <laughs> as a hitter's ballpark. But, uh Anyway, I just thought that was nice and and interesting to hear. So they're big name free agents, but I would agree with you. Spring training starts on Monday, and these teams are going to have like twenty dudes. Like this, <laughs> this would be the year that Tuttle should be back at spring training because guess yeah. who would be throwing? Guess who would be throwing in the March eighteenth game? Like who's that guy in AAA? That thirty year old guy? Yeah, we're going to start him. You get two innings the first day of spring training. Yep. You know, rub some dirt on it, and here we go. So you're you're going to see a lot of that too, like guys working themselves into shape and. And, uh, you know, pro- probably a lot of number 78s and number 87s pitching to start the uh, the first few games of spring training. But oh, you know yeah. what? The beer tastes the same and the peanuts go down just as well. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be absolutely exciting. And I, I'm with you in the sense that I can't wait to see how this free agency kind of unfolds. Because once that first guy pops the cork, it's yeah. just going to come spewing out of the bottle with how many guys <laughs> end up signing. Uh, yeah. Carlos Correa is another guy that's in there. And, I, you know, to Tuttle's point. And we'll talk a little bit about the rules changes or potential rules changes because I don't think that 20 – there's going to be some alterations in 2022, but the big ones that they talked about in the CBA might take effect next season. So we're going to hold hold it you know, in a holding pattern on that, and I'm with you on that. But Carlos Correa, uh, Freddie Freeman, how about Nelson Cruz? With this universal DH being implemented – Nelson Cruz went from 15 teams that he was going to talk to. Now he's got 30 teams to talk to. So this guy's career is going to be extended. Uh, And then you talk about the length of contract. So it opens up more jobs for these guys. And then I think it opens up the years for these guys. Because if you sign a Carlos Correa or a Nick Castellanos like Tuttle is talking about, you have a guy for four or five years potentially where he is playing in the field. Maybe he gets a little bit bigger. Maybe he gets a little more you know, beat up and he can't feel the way he want you want him to, or there's a better guy behind him, you can move that bat to the DH spot and you still have a viable option that maybe garners that con that massive contract that you're going to end up giving these guys. You got thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I know it didn't work out for Pujols coming to uh, the Angels, but I, I do think you're right. I do think, you know, all what we've learned here, right? It's all risk reward. So if Castellanos is, has another year, you know, close to what he's done, and he can do that for three or four years, and you sign him to a six or seven year deal, I think, as you always said, you're willing to eat that. And I always use our own life and experience. I never played basketball. And when I left baseball, I started playing down at the YMCA with a group of guys. 
there's something to be said for experience. Like you'll take those, you know, the run and young gun guys, you know, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, that's fine. But somebody like Castellanos, even if he falls off a little bit, as your six-hole hitter behind two powerful hitters or two really strong hitters, that's a better option than calling up some, you know, guy from double A maybe and, you know, doing what you have to do. So again, I, I agree with you. It opens up these options. The other thing that that stood out to me with the free agency is, you know, it opens up all these teams. I think you and I've we, when we had the Hall of Fame discussion, we did talk about Nelson Cruz, just to close the loop on that. He's one mm-hmm. of our favorite players, at least one of mine, in that yeah. he's he's a professional hitter. He's stayed really consistent. Um, you know, he's kind of fringy Hall of Fame guy. If he can get into, You're like right. you said, he's got 30 t- teams now in the market or, you know, 27 teams, whereas before he had 15. You know, he's... Uh, He's he can you know if he continues to put up some numbers and and he's more at that stage where we talked about like pool holes. So if he can come in mm-hmm. for a two year, you know like a two year forty million dollar contract or something like that and just hit bombs, then uh, yeah. you know the one he true outcome. Glove contract in four or five years. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need it. That's right. You know, hey, you just tell your agents you're going to save money. All I need is uh, some good wood bats. We're good to go. Yeah. Give me the best lumber you can. Yeah, the free agent frenzy is going to be incredible. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to watch that. A lot, of, Obviously, a lot of eyes down here in Houston are going to be on that shortstop position because Carlos Correa is that coveted player. But right behind him is Trevor Story. And I think if you actually ask some pundits around, I'm looking at the USA Today right now, their list of top free agents, the first two are Carlos Correa and a guy named Trevor Story. And Trevor Story is a Dallas guy, so he's obviously a native Texan, makes a fit if Carlos decides to go somewhere else, but uh, a lot to be determined here in the next couple of days. Well, who do you think will be the first? I mean, like, I, you know some of these things are in the queue. I mean, we can't, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. We know that there's things in the queue, but I mean, what are you hearing? Because Correa, at least, I hate because this podcast is so, I, I don't hate it, but it's very Houston, you know, mm-hmm. and then Twitter, who follows us, who we follow. But, you know, some indications are that he was going to stay. I mean, Correa is kind of the f- one of the first chips to fall, right? He kind of has his choice of suitors. Obviously, not San Diego and not, you know, there's like five teams and not Texas Rangers, right? Not teams that just signed $300 million guys. But, mm-hmm. I mean, is he? do you think he's going to stay? Do you think he's going to go? And do you think he's the first domino? Um, I, I, I would imagine he's going to be one of the first couple ones just because I think that he's ready to get into camp. I think if he does sign early, it's, it, he, it's because somebody blew his doors off and gave him the offer he wanted. If it takes a little bit longer, I think he ends up back here in Houston because all of a sudden he may not be seeing the numbers that he wants and realizes staying here in Houston, I'm going to say it is probably best for him. Uh, both legacy-wise, statistically, and I think for the team, just because he has established himself as a superstar here in Houston, he's gotten the opportunities in the postseason, he's done remarkable things. And with some of the comments he's made throughout the, the sign-stealing scandal, he's really solidified himself as a leader in this clubhouse for the Houston Astros. Yeah. And I think that's what makes him highly appealing for the Astros Outside of the Astros, it's going to be really interesting. You know, there's going to be some tough markets. You know, the Yankees obviously have the money to pay him. Does he want to play in that environment? He saw what Garrett Cole went through. Uh, you know, George Springer up in Toronto. You know, he, you know, are these guys as happy as they are because they have the money or are they happy because of the team they're on? But Carlos is in that unique position where he can call the money and he can call the spot. Yep. And I think that's where ultimately, you know, deep in his heart with his his son being born here, his wife, you know, being a native down here and really establishing himself. I'm just, I'm petitioning right now as I talk 
for Carlos to stay because I broadcast for the Astros and guess who makes my job really easy? Yeah. It's a guy like Carlos. He does pretty much everything right. He works hard, plays hard, and puts up great numbers and makes it look amazing when he does it. So it really makes my job easy. But if if I had to, you want you do you want like a random just if it's not the Astros kind of comment? Or is that what you're kind I of do. digging it? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm not really digging it, but I'll, I have something to say. But yeah, let's hear if if it's not the Astros, which you're biased in that you want him back, but and you also think he'll be back. But where would he go otherwise? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get crushed for this, but this Ooh. is just way out of the box, way out of the box. You just mentioned a guy whose contract is up in Anaheim, Albert mm-hmm. Pujols. Yeah. I'm not sure if Artie Marino doesn't try and blow his doors off with a yeah. short with a shorter term, higher annual value, and tries to get him in there to play shortstop. Could you imagine Rendon at third, yeah. Carlos Correa at short? Uh, I think Jared Walsh is going to be playing first, but then you've got Mike Trout in center field. Yeah, good lord. Yeah. I mean, and you there's talk a guy. About do they lineup. have a guy? I think they have a guy, uh, an MVP. Oh, that over pitcher there. guy. That, uh, the pitcher guy. They have I a can't DH, his name. Don't they? He's from Japan, I think. Yeah, he had a good year. He had an okay year last yeah. year. Yeah. So guess. you have Rendon, Rendon, Trout, Otani, and uh, and uh, possibly Cray. I, I would agree. He might try. I like it. I, you might upset people. Here's the problem. Well, it's because he's anybody... going to stay in the American League West. I don't want right. to stay. <laughs> no, but the other problem with that is that. What the Angels really need is pitching. Oh, so God, if they, so I mean, true. They don't want to win every game eleven to ten. The other, the, the other little hook that you, you alluded to, is yay. Trevor Story's a Texas guy, and you can plug him in, and he's you know one of the top free agents. He would go off in our in that Minute Maid Park. He would, but you have Altuve and Bregman and Correa that have been there and done that. You had mm-hmm. Brantley in the mix, who was a newcomer to that chemistry, but you know because Springer Fit left perfectly. But, yeah, they fit perfectly. Why would you want to mess with that? If you're going to pay Trevor Story, you know, $10 million less, like average annual, not $10 million over average this annual is a value. Good point. But, I like where you're going right, with this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if your choices are Correa and Story and the difference in their average annual value is like two and a half million, then sign the guy that you already is a known, you know, this is what we talk about all the time almost with the draft. Like Trevor Story is a fantastic player. This doesn't diminish what he's doing. No. But Altuve, Correa, and Bregman when healthy are probably the best kind of infield three in Major League Baseball. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's, it, I don't know if that's an You can add Yuli Gurriel or that Bill Glover, man. I mean, th- th- yeah. it's ridiculous right. what these guys bring. Right. Now, if you're going to take a rookie and put him in there and be like, hey, you know, Anyway, th- the there's just other ways to of- fit the puzzle, but don't go after yeah. Story and then leave Correa on the curb, especially if he wants to come back. Just pay him a little bit more. Oh so I, I actually, that, would, that makes me that think be, he will come back. Yeah, that wouldn't that be the worst case? You're actually bringing up like the worst case scenario is that the Astros yeah. don't work a deal with Carlos. They go to Tre- Trevor Story, sign him, and then Carlos signs somewhere else for, like you said, $10 million more <laughs> a year. And you're like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's interesting. That was actually a good conversation. Yeah. I was not prepared for. <laughs> yeah, me neither. All right, so why don't we take a break, right, for our sponsor right here? And um, yeah, on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, let's hear what our sponsors have to say. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bleachers. I am Jeff Blum, and on the other side is David Tuttle. We host the Bleacher Blums podcast. We are talking about the CBA, and I tell you what, if you have the opportunity to tell your friends about us, make sure you subscribe. You can go to most uh, podcast platforms, but if you have Apple, make sure you go to Apple so that you can subscribe, rate, and especially review. I know that uh, maybe in future podcasts, we may read some of these reviews because some of them get highly entertaining, or maybe there's a question in there that we can attack. 
stay tuned in this podcast. We may have one at the end of this podcast, but make sure on Apple that you go to the rate and review. Give us, give us whatever five-star rating you want to give. Leave a comment for us. We would greatly appreciate it because obviously that'll push us up the charts and give us a lot more attention because with the CBA back, we actually have baseball to talk about, which is great. We just got talking about done talking about the free agent frenzy. But with the CBA, I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point because a lot of numbers and minutia gets mixed into this. And then we start to lose you know, track of the of what's truly important, which is actually games being played. But the biggest thing for me is, is the first three years of a rookie's career has now been boosted. That minimum, uh, first three years of that minimum wage for the for for the Houston Astros, for anybody in Major League Baseball when they get called up, is going to be seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars. The next year, seven forty. The next year, seven sixty. The next year, seven eighty. So basically, what this turns into. And we've talked about it plenty on this podcast where the the average career length of a Major League Baseball player is right around that three or four year range, uh, which is greatly shortened. I don't know if it, well, I, I know it has something to do with analytics. I know it has something to do with contracts, but the players actually, for me, did a pretty good job of protecting some of these young guys. So if you think about it this way, it's all in that first three years, you're basically getting close to $3 million, which is a nice little jump start if you play for that long and if that's all you play. So I think they did a good job of protecting those guys until they get to that arbitration year. That's just something for me that I noticed. And that was a lot of what are these veterans, the Max Scherzers, the Lance McCullers Juniors, Jason Castro's, these guys that were in that meeting were, how do we, how do we encourage these guys to play our game? And I think that they're doing a good job in uh, facilitating the opportunity to make close to 3 million, if not more, in those first three years. You got anything on, uh, on this CBA that you want to talk about, Tuttle? I do. Yeah. So that's super beneficial. You know, I heard a statistic. I didn't, I don't think I mentioned on the last podcast, I think 62% or 64% of major league players last year made minimum. Wow. So it was wow. somewhere around five, right. So it's 550. So you're making 550 last year and the guys in your clubhouse, when you get like Mookie Betts and Scherzer and these guys, you're 25, 30, 35, $40 million. So that disparity is something that I think, to your point, I think it actually makes the point, which is the minimum should be a little bit higher, which that was one of the big deals like before arbitration year. But also, you know, it kind of gets you into that ballpark for the, these earnings. And, you know, we know the superstars are going to get paid different than, you know, than most of the lineups and most of the players. But I do. I think it's almost like paying them a real wage almost in essence. <laughs> it also may that super two thing, that two and a half years, like whether we yeah. call a guy up or not, mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff, that that finagling. Now the number's big enough where, you know what I mean? Like it, you're just going to have to get the best team on the field. I mean, there are other aspects of the CBA yes. that kind of are going to try and eliminate tanking or moving guys up and down, you know, to manipulate yeah, the roster. You're right. But I do think that money, to your point, is one of the key cogs in that wheel. Like now they're making a little bit more and this is what your payroll is going to be. So, um, yeah. And I have a question. This is a little out of left field and I didn't bring this up to you prior. So let's not stay on the CBA too long. But um, so they ratified the agreement yesterday. It was 26 to 4 with the player representatives. So these were the player representatives, 26 votes to four against, I think, and all he needed was like 20 votes. The committee all voted against, 08, 26 to 12 ended up being the final vote. So it was 26 to four with the player reps, right, from each team. And then it ended up being 26 to 12. Those eight guys that were all on the subcommittee were all Scott Boris clients. 
all Scott Boris clients, and they all said no. And so it went from 26 to four, which looked like a landslide, and now it's 26, 12, and you're like, yeah. And I'm just wondering your thoughts of being in the clubhouse. I mean, this Boris going, hey, just vote against it because it's already going to pass. And then when we go to negotiate with them, we could say, well, these guys never like the deal anyway. Like, there has to be some truth to that, doesn't there? I mean, it's just a bunch of bullshit, but it's like all the player <laughs> reps, the 40 man roster, and the player rep. Like, isn't that funny? I, I, I heard the statistics. I was like, come on. So, do you think that's just manipulating the, you know? It's funny to us. I, you know, yeah. you know pl- players are smart to a point. But then they have their agent who steps in, and obviously Boris is looking out for Scott. Uh, you know, he's looking out at first clients, but he's also looking, he's out, looking for out for Scott Boris. He's looking out for his clients, Blum. Come on. Yeah. Well, if he's looking out, he's looking out for his clients who are making $30, $40 million a year so that he can uh, empty the tank in his, you know, in his uh, backyard. But yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that that happens. I don't think there's any, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. No, I think I don't it is legitimate. Any. I think yeah. that he was in their ear. Uh, you know, hopefully he was doing his best to educate them, but it definitely there is a bias to Boris when he has those words to to give to those guys and maybe have that vote against because it was very interesting. Those it, three of those four ball clubs didn't shock me because they're some of the biggest spenders. So obviously yeah. they want to get that competitive balance tax up so that they can spend more and not be penalized. But at the same time, you know, the the higher that quote unquote soft cap is the more guys are going to get paid. And that's obviously uh, it benefits the player and benefits Boris, especially Boris clients, because yeah. he doesn't represent too many middle road guys. He goes for the big guys. That's right. I just thought it was funny because all eight funny. of those guys I, on the yeah, South like, committee, huh. I was like, 26 to four. Oh, 26 to 12. That's slanted. Like, it looks like a lot of guys didn't. Oh, no, it's just those eight guys. Okay. Anyway, yeah. that's all I got in the CBA. I just thought I'd have to throw that out there. But yeah, I'm not no, a conspiracy a theorist. Just like, come on. Yeah. And one of the conspiracy theories we heard throughout the CBA was a lot of the rules changes that they were trying to implement, the bigger base, which was friggin' hilarious with some of the comments that they were talking about. Bigger base. (laughs) (laughs) It only makes me laugh because it's like, what's holding up this agreement? Well, we want to make the base an inch bigger in square. And you're like, what? (sighs) Dude, I read read an article about the bigger base, and they said it's going to increase stolen base opportunities. By 1%. I'm going, what? Are we really making an adjustment for 1%? Oh my, maybe I would have gotten to a thousand hits if I if that base was just a little bit bigger and those bang bang plays at first would have been a knock. Who knows? Well, but, I would have man. voted for a, let's make the mound a little bit higher and the base is like yeah, a little go back farther. To the old mound. This this 90 <laughs> feet apart is a little kind of it, it it's worked for 150 years, but let's make it 91 feet. 91 feet, oh, you know, like yeah. that bang bang play is like <sighs> dude, I can't wait. He's out. <laughs> yeah, so so some of these crazier rules banning the shift, the Joey Gallo rule. Uh, can I say something real quick? I mean, I know I continually bash on Joey Gallo because his contact rate is ridiculously low. Yeah. At 63% when like the major league average is around 75, 80%. Just saying. But can we not make Joey Gallo the face of the shift, banning the shift? Yeah. There needs to be somebody better than that. I I, I just don't the get Joey it. But Gallo. But they always it, say one bad apple spoils the bunch. It happens in most <laughs> industries. And it's not like Joey's a bad apple. I'm not saying that. I'm no. just saying. Why would we make a rule change for one guy that never hits like swings and misses more than anybody else? Let's let's make that for Altuve or whatever. Like let's call it yeah. the Altuve rule, right? Like a guy who he hits everything. The Vladimir well, guess, Guerrero rule. I don't know. I know he's well, not guess playing. Guess who they stop shifting against when he starts getting hits? Guys like yeah. Altuve and Michael Brantley. And what do you hear when when you say, "Tell me about Michael Brantley"? What do you say? Oh, he's he's the best left-handed hitter in the league. And that, yeah. that so 
Okay. Anyway, so the banning of the shift is put off until next year. But a couple of other rules that have changed is my favorite, the runner at second base, no more. Yeah. If you go to extra innings, you just duke it out until you've got to go home. I freaking hate that rule. I know. I'm kidding. I used to text you during extra inning games. When you would have have two or three extra inning games in a row, I'm like, oh, sweet. It's your favorite time of day. It's like 1 a.m. And it's like, it was a 3-3 game in the ninth, and now it's 7-7 because the guy from second scores for both teams every inning. You're like, And the pitcher's going, wait a minute. How many of these are going on my ERA, man? That's right. Like, hey, when I got to negotiate the contract, I know the CBA is ratified for another five years, but this is killing me, man. Like, yeah, anyway, yeah, no, I'm glad they got rid of that too. Like, come on, we're that big boys. Gone. We can stay up a yeah. little past midnight. Like, it doesn't happen that often. Like, let's let's go, bro. Yeah, and and if double headers are played, they're going to go back to two nine inning games, which I love. Get the at bats, get the innings, whatever it takes. I think uh, there was something that actually popped up on Twitter today before we got on and recorded this podcast, which I kind of anticipated. I'm sure in the you know once I bring it up, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense because we saw it in 2020 with the COVID season that they added a couple of guys to the roster just to protect some of these situations. Yep. Uh, and I think they're going to do the same thing. They're talking about doing the same thing to start out this season. I think there's, they're talking to the point that they need two or three extra players. And I would imagine, you know, an extra position player, maybe two extra pitchers to protect, you know, the shortened spring training and some of the situations of, you know, trying to play 162 games in, oh man, what it's got to be down to about like 175, 180 days. So they're going to be playing a lot of baseball, but in order to protect those rosters and not blow some of these guys out. And also think about this, in order not to abuse that, that 10-day IL or the 15-day IL and have a lot of turnover on your roster, having these two or three extra guys will actually allow you to have a little more consistency on your roster to protect some guys if you need to go out there and do that. So I think that's actually a very smart move because my biggest concern, and I'm sure every organization too, is with this, this quickly ramped up spring training and season starting are injuries. Because we saw in 2020, we lost some big names, you know, Glasnow, Verlander, the two guys that I think of in that 2020 season who ended up having Tommy John surgery and are now making their comeback here in 2022. You got to protect those guys. You got to protect the arms and you got to protect the legs of those guys that play every day. So I think that's a good idea. How about you? Yeah. So I agree with you. I actually think this shouldn't even be, I mean, we talked about the Joey Gallo rule. Let's not call this the COVID rule. Let's talk about, let's call it the new normal. I mean, (laughs) it would have given me a chance to probably play in the big leagues, to be honest with you. I mean, you should have a couple extra pitchers and it's a taxi squad. I mean, the NFL has, what do they have? The practice squad guys? Yeah, they have the practice squad. You're right. Yeah. And maybe you get 50% of the major league salary while you're at this clinic. And then, you know, I, I just don't know, but the roster's always been 25, like make it 28 guys. You know, you can choose who you dress out maybe before a series. These guys are getting paid, but they're not getting paid like astronomical. I mean, they're getting paid, you know, a major league living wage so they can have their mm-hmm. families and some, some, you know, I, I think it's something that should stick around. I mean, I think you don't want to get to you think 30 it be guys. A full That's season? a lot of guys. Yeah. Do, do a I full think it's a season should... of maybe 28. Yeah, like just yeah. expand okay. the rosters to 27 or 28. I mean, that's the part that will I I think could be flexible. Major Let's League see Baseball's how it goes. a grind, dude. I don't think th- I don't think there'd be much pushback on that. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I mean, why? I, how many times did you send it? Or you get closer. Your I mean, your 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 payroll is going to take a hit. Yeah, but you're also going to have guys healthier longer. That's right. Healthier, longer, and if it's a guy like and better players, if it's a guy like you, or even a guy like uh um. 
Who's number 16 on the Astros? I always think of that guy. Oledmus Diaz. Oledmus uh, Diaz. Guys Diaz, like that. Marwin Gonzalez is in there. They're a yeah, huge, more, but yeah, you guys are like assets. a, you guys are a huge part of the team. Like you are the glue that kind of holds everything together mm-hmm. and you don't get in there and you're not like striking out every, I mean, you know. A couple more security blankets aren't bad, especially in the bullpen too, like you're saying. Keep a long guy so you could cover some innings. A 280, 290 hitter that can play. And so I just think for the, better of betterment of baseball i mean yeah i know they just you know raise the the minimum salary but you know i just think i i think that shouldn't be a covid rule that should be something like let's get the rosters at 27 or 28 guys see how it goes total rule yeah yeah the total rule there you go anyway i like it i love the fact that we're talking about roster constructions now. oh yeah now ah, now we're, now we're into better. it you we haven't been able to talk about baseball in a while GM. like mum's the word yeah yeah, you get that you get a little bit of blood flow. Well, man. what what do you think about that idea? It's not crazy, right? Like, I mean, I don't mind it. I'm all for getting guys jobs and getting them paid and putting them on the forty man and, and increasing that. Why can't you increase the forty man to forty five man and make right. it a twenty eight man roster? I right. don't know. I, th- yeah, there's, there's and guys guys that don't that. belong won't stay. I mean, it's not Dude, like guy, guys are making thirty five starts. Uh, players are if a guy goes 140 games, he's had a great season. So I mean, That's there's right. still 25, 22 games to cover. Uh, you've got guys in the bullpen who are who are you know being worn down more frequently because starters are coming out sooner. So you know there's a there's a pretty good argument for the fact that you could carry an extra position player, carry an extra pitcher to protect some of those games where you're trying to protect your starters or some of the horses in your in your uh, rotation or in your lineup. Yeah. I, I I think it actually works. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, you know, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, there were a bunch of rule changes. That was the one that jumped out mm-hmm. to me that I, I don't think that should be a COVID rule. I think they're going to see how it goes, but I just think that would be, a, I think that'd be beneficial to every team across the board. We don't, you know, we had Reed Ryan on last week and, um, you know, Nolan Ryan would throw 300 innings in a year. I mean, you know, it's like if you throw 300 innings now, you got, you know, people like babying your arm and like, you know, it's like, that's mm-hmm. not happening anymore to your point. You got to cover 22 games. You got to cover at bats. You got to cover innings. Why not have guys that are a good part of the team? They keep going up and down anyway, shuttling up and down. Just keep them there. <laughs> so true. Yeah, right? Just keep them around. I mean, save yourself the travel fees of going up and down the entire year. Totally agree. <sighs> well, that's awesome. Like I said, it's great to be able to be talking baseball again. Again, We're going to be armchair managers throughout the course of the season, armchair GMs. Uh, this is just the beginning of it. So we're, hope, we're excited. We hope everybody in the bleachers is excited. Uh, like I said, spring training games, hopefully, maybe, possibly, tentatively, whatever word you want to use, maybe March 18th. Yeah, tell uh, us so your your schedule. You do know it I yet? Still I still don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I have hopes. But one thing I do know, and it's, I'm glad you asked me that question because there are certain aspects that I do know. We only, we're only going to miss you know, the first maybe six games of the season. So I, it depends on if they put it on the back end. I think tentatively right now they're going to push uh, – you know, one of those series to the back of the season. So we finish in October. Uh, that'll push the playoffs back. The 12, 12, we'll talk about 12 team playoffs uh, maybe next time, but they've expanded the playoffs to 12 teams. But tentatively, we're going to cover at least seven games in spring training. So I'm wondering how soon they're going to get us out there. If it starts on March 18th, do we go out on March 8th? I have no idea. Right. One thing I do know is looking at the schedule as it stands right now. With the Astros starting on April 7th, we'll be able to do a podcast in person because the Astros start April 7th. Their opening day will be in Anaheim, or I'm sorry, quote-unquote Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and we'll be out there for that opening day. But the interesting thing is 
The Astros opening road trip, nine games, 11 days, three cities. <laughs> so you're like, hey, we want baseball to be on. You're like, I'm on the road. Here we go. Here we yeah. go. At least you're coming out here. So uh, what's yeah, funny is that West week, Coast I think that... I think that week is spring break too for our kids. I'm Masters not, I'm not spring traveling break. To, let's go. Oh, let's go. Ooh. We gotta get yeah. we gotta get Marcos out here. Marco out. Yeah, there we go. Roadie. I wish we had a podcast studio. I wonder if we could go to the stadium and do it in the morning or something like that. That'd be interesting. Oh, we could but, if you get there early enough. Heck yeah. Dude, I mean I'm up I'm up at 5 30 a.m. You know me, brother. We gotta get your ass out of bed. Maybe we'll just have to be in your in the hotel. Well, with again. the time change, I may be able to be up there be up that early. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. joking. We're getting now. Depends we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah, we are. Depends on what my tea time it. is. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That's what you and TK are most excited about, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we T- we got to get our our black book out again and figure out where we're gonna go play. That's right. It's TK and um, Springer, right? You, TK, and Springer are the golf uh, Sparky. Avid. Sparky, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, Steve Sparks. Uh, yeah. Sparks. But you guys are just, you know. Oh, we're clowns. Yeah. We're you know what's clowns. funny about that is the radio guys, when I was in the minor leagues, we used to make fun of the radio guy bringing his clubs on the road, you know, and be like, oh, great. Like, got a tough know, gig. We're on a business trip. Got a tough gig. He's going golfing. Yeah. We used to give him a hard time. And then, you know, we'd want to bring our clubs. Like, what? You're trying to make the big league, son. You can't get up at 7 in the morning and go golfing. Damn pitchers. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. I played as a player. I played golf yeah. as a player on the road. Yeah. It was well, great. when you get to the big leagues and you're utility, like you can, you know, mix yeah. and match. I got like, very good at napping. What do they say when you're there? They're like, we'll treat you like a grown man. Like, you know, you yeah. make your own decisions. Well, he's been here. He knows how to prepare. I don't know. That's right. He does. He knows what's going on. And you're probably not in the lineup tonight. So it's great. Be ready in the eighth inning. You're going to face that righty yeah, throw 95. That's another thing. You're getting good enough with the manager. You can kind of go to him and be like, hey, man, am I playing tomorrow? Because yeah. that could alter my evening and my morning. Oh, yeah. The evenings was key. Because here's this. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. This is my favorite, right? Being a pitcher was different. Like, if I was starting in the minor leagues, it was like, mm-hmm. you knew you just didn't go out the night before you pitched. Occasionally, I did that too, but don't tell anybody. There was something going on. <laughs> Probably but had your every, best games the next day. Yeah, that's right. Well, I had a couple good ones, and you're like, oh, maybe I should do this. I mean, everybody uses that logic. Like, oh, 10 beers, and I threw seven oh, scoreless innings. Like, I got to do Arms that again. Great. That was genius. My arm feels great, pain-free. Um, but what, what cracks me up is every time you'd go out, they're like, hey, it's dollar beers over at Tucker's, you know? And you're like, great, let's go to dollar beers. And uh, you're like, no, I'm going to stay in tonight. You know, we've been out a couple nights in a row. It was a long road trip, whatever it is. You stay in, and then the next day in the locker room, it's like, oh, my God. It was the greatest night in the history of nights out. It was so great. Oh, my God, there was women everywhere. It was the greatest. And you're like... And then the next night, you're like, all right, I'll go out tomorrow night. That sounds good. It sounds like a cool place. And you go out, and you're like sitting there like, yeah, you're like, this is terrible. And so it doesn't matter what night you went out. It was never – you always always missed the greatest night in the history of going. Why is it always better without me? (laughs) What do they say if – there's always an idiot in the room, and if you can't figure out who the idiot is, <laughs> you better look in the mirror. <laughs> we used to have the greatest nights, and then it's like, well, how come when I'm out? Like, yeah, but isn't that true, though? The locker room, just in the next day, it was a buzz. Like, oh, you yeah, missed you're just it. sitting it in the corner, like arms crossed, going, yeah. And you're like, damn. damn, the one night I wanted to be included. I was, I thought I was cool, man. Yeah. Anyway, well, that always cracks me up. Today. This, <laughs> that's right. The stories were all so much better when you weren't there, and you're like, damn yeah. it. That must be the human the human brain working you, but that's how it went down. I love it. Yeah, uh, I think that's gonna. I've got that's. I'm, I'm good on the CBA. I can't wait. To, I mean, next week is going to be so exciting because rosters, free agency, so many things are going to be happening. Do you got anything uh, on your on your Tuttle plate that you need to? Uh, 
I don't. Sorrel. I'm going to be out of town next week, so we got to figure out the schedule. But okay. um, I'm super excited to watch spring training and see what's shaking down. I'm going to March Madness. I'm going to go to Vegas. And, oh, uh, that's right. Watch bet on some basketball games, brother. So it's going to be good. Well, we'll see, talk about March Madness coming up. Uh, yeah. Um, there's all kinds of good things. And uh, yeah. dude, I cannot wait to see Facing Nolan. By the way, if you have not Ooh. listened or seen the the little hype video that Reed Ryan has put out, make so sure you go great. to at Robert Reed Ryan and and go listen to that podcast because yeah. Reed did a great job of just telling the story of Nolan Ryan and how it was putting that production together. I cannot wait. It's going to be a blast, and I wish you know the Ryan family all the best. Uh, South by Southwest, which is coming up, where they're going to release the film. Ooh. That's right. You know what my favorite part about that was? I mean, aside from me ruining the, like, you don't bun on Nolan story, but my favorite part was was the plan that the family put together to convince Nolan to do this, which really speaks to his personality and everything you've heard. And I know you've met him and interviewed him, but, you know, it's not, you know, people like we've conditioned ourselves. Well, maybe, I mean, family and, and grounding yourself and all that, you know, you, you learn to be humble when you're, especially when you have a skill that's, you know, that people envy for that matter. And you learn to be humble. I don't think Nolan ever had to learn to be humble, man. The dude threw a hundred miles an hour. He's got the most humility. He's just humble. And he just kind of, he just has tunnel vision. He does what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of, but I just, that story about, Reed talking about he and Reese getting together. It's like, all right, this is the part you're going to handle, and I'm going to go. Mom's coming in on the flank. And then they're like, mom mom was the kick, you know, the the, <laughs> the, the closer. We're bringing uh, Nolan's wife do, out of the bullpen to close me. the game. Yeah. Do it for me. You know, I was, was part a of that whole story. And God, you know, as a mom, so good. Yeah. I hope I hope Reed uh, doesn't take offense at this, but you know, as a mom, all you want is what's great for your kids. Like your husband after yeah. years and years, it's like- well, that was like the ulterior motive, right? She had this underlying, like, this will be great for my kids. That's right. They had nothing to do with Nolan. Like, <laughs> hey, Nolan, do it for me. It was She was thinking, hey, Reed and Reese are producing this movie. It's going to be fantastic. Um, What do I do? Okay. Sly. Let's do it. So anyway, that was my favorite part. Like like you said, go listen to the podcast. It was fantastic. Um, And it was great to have them on. And we're hoping yeah. to have more guests. We've had a couple really good guests recently. And uh, we're going to hopefully continue to have more. I mean, I've really enjoyed having, um, you know, the folks on that we've had. Yeah, we, we will get more now. Yeah, now that the season's going, get a little traction, get some of the maybe get some players on here, a little more activity. Hey, Marco, pop on, man. I think that uh, you have a rate uh, re- a review that you want to read to us. It could be a little little interesting to say the least. Ouch. Right, right, right. So you know, we we encourage everybody to uh, you know rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And this one came in from Jay Hill ninety seven. And he it's going to hurt my feelings, huh? I know. <laughs> no, It's no. not a five-star review, I heard, so let's see. <laughs> he said, we deserve this, is it. A fan- this is a fantastic podcast. Blummer and Dave have great chemistry, but the recording release schedule is horrible. Recording on a Friday and not releasing until three days later on Monday is very bad. Most major sporting events, holidays, big events, etc., seem to take place over the weekend or early in the week. So by the time Blum and Dave talk about it, it's out of date or irrelevant. Or not relevant anymore. Or there's new information. It shouldn't take three days to produce a 45-minute podcast. Man, now this is on me. Now I oh, dang, this, this Wait a second. Flipping. Did you, you read this before you this? put it on? You're no. throwing yourself under the bus here. Hey, hey. I don't, I don't take three days. Please consider <laughs> a no, new recording. I can attest to that. Please re- consider a new recording release schedule to where there's a much shorter turnaround. Hmm. Well, our schedules are a We're joke. Schedules. I mean, <laughs> Tuttle's working yeah. nine to five. Me and Marco yeah. are a little more... Uh, uh, Flexible. Uh, pliable, I guess, in that sense. But hmm. 
I'm always willing to adjust. I mean, that what uh, what do they always say about baseball? Uh, that oh, one, yeah. game uh, of adjustments. Brother. Yeah, that's it. There we go. Game of adjustments. <laughs> so maybe we do need to adjust, and this is why we want everybody to su- yes. subscribe, rate, review. You know what? This is a well timed review. Let's change that. Uh, Even though it threw our producer right under the bus, but I can yeah. attest <laughs> something. I need to say something though. Yeah. Because. Mark, I, every time I send, we send him a podcast. He's on this. He records it. He he gets out all the you know my dogs barking, my my chair creaking, my ums and my breathing. My messages hard. are and, tweeting, twitting. <laughs> yeah. He gets everything out. It sounds amazing, but he turns it around literally maybe twenty four to thirty six hours. It's not even that long. Yeah. So yeah. it's and, not on Mark. Yeah. I will take. I'm taking Mark out of the equation because Mark does a here's, lot for us. Here's a challenge, though, too. Let's adjust our recording schedule and our release schedule, and then we get two reviews that say, "Oh, well, I always liked it on Monday after a good weekend because right? then I'm driving to work." So then it's like, "Isn't All that right, the so, problem?" Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, You're not I respect please everybody. No, I respect the opinion. I learned that being in the booth. Yeah. So J Hill, <laughs> what was it? What was the number? J Hill. J Hill ninety-seven. J Hill ninety-seven. So hey, give us uh, give us the ideal time that you like to listen to the podcast. If you rate and review, give us a little feedback, and we'll yep. we'll consider. I mean, we could. I'm down. I guess we could record like Thursday nights and then get it out on Friday morning to, to kind of tee up the weekend. But again, well, he twenty second you know, timeout. Twenty second yeah, timeout. So. We get, we got to ask that guy, that very important guy, the producer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's right. what what's best for you, Mark? Yeah. What would, Me, what I mean, I'm, I don't. I don't care what it is. I don't. I don't run a you know a family like y'all do. So I, <laughs> I understand that y'all have family time, and it's you know you can't record Sunday night. Probably you know you want to spend time with your family to have that podcast on Monday. I can turn them around in a couple of hours. That I don't mm-hmm. mind. There but it just this guy's on beast mode. But yeah, it's he like he said. You know, a lot of things do happen over. The, I mean, I guess during the baseball season. It's going to be a little bit less. It's not like football season where, yeah, you talk about upcoming well, things. Is that the argument? Yeah, it, it, that could have been. It, it, it didn't. Well, is the, is the argument is the argument like football and golf are over the weekend? Basketball, NHL, right. Major League Baseball, those all happen all every day of the week. Yeah, right. Day. So I mean, maybe that, maybe that maybe we alter it other times or uh, yeah, that might be the question to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, maybe yeah, maybe you know at least. Maybe on football season we do it a little bit different. And maybe, maybe we leave it as is until Jay Hill gives us five stars. Yes. Ooh, no, I'm good just, call. I'm kidding. I like I'm just <laughs> hey, kidding. but thank you for bringing that to our attention, Mark. And yeah. that's we, we're going to start reading some more of those reviews on our podcast. So make sure you stay tuned. Write those reviews because we'll have them for you. Yep. And so uh, let's wrap it up. I mean, we got a, a big weekend ahead, and uh, baseball is coming. We found out, so we want to give a shout out, our usual shout out to uh, first responders, military. Um, you know, with the Ukraine situation, obviously we're keeping a close eye on that yeah. as the gas prices skyrocket. That's our that's our favorite text back and forth. Dude, yeah. Six dollars. I've never seen that. Wow. My wife got anyway. a text from a friend in LA. It was at seven. I can't believe that. I saw six fifty or whatever, and I live close to that, but I know. Anyway, I know it's nuts. Anyway, so but we want to thank uh first responders, uh military, far and wide, near and close, and uh teachers, of course. Frontline healthcare workers, uh, we always thank. I mean, this isn't just a COVID thing, but obviously I think what we've seen in terms of the reduction in cases and all that, hopefully we can, you know, again, that new normal keeps popping up. But uh, we want to just let you know how much we appreciate um, you along with all of our listeners. And, um, you know, you're near and dear to our uh, to our uh, thoughts and hearts. So um, if you're over the age of 45, please don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. Blummer, you want to take us out? Baseball is back. We're getting after it. You better believe it. 
he, you, you hadn't read that. You saw three stars and like, hey, let's have a different release date. And then he's like, yeah, what's wrong with your producer? <laughs>